0: This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 40. I'm Jim Girardi. Today's episode, Lessons from the Front Lines. I bet he never thought his speaking objections would be played for that audience. So this is a Lessons from the Front Lines installment where we spotlight a new deposition-related court ruling of interest to litigators. The lesson from today's case is that it's always important to be mindful of our behavior in depositions because it might be used against us in ways we've never imagined. In the case in today's spotlight, a judge ruled that a defense lawyer's lengthy and repeated speaking objections could later be played out loud to the jury to show the jury how the objections might have been intended to coach the witness on how to respond. So this is very similar in a conceptual way to the spoilation instructions that judges sometimes give when it appears that a party has altered or destroyed evidence. In those situations, the instruction generally tells the jury that a party's conduct may have been intended to unfairly alter the evidence that would be presented at trial. And that instruction allows a jury, but doesn't require it, to draw negative inferences about the party's conduct. And so in a similar vein here, the judge is essentially saying, I'm going to let the jury hear these objections and draw its own conclusions about whether they were intended to improperly shape or manipulate the evidence. Well, that's tough medicine if you're the lawyer who made the objections or are the lawyer accused of coaching. You sure don't want the jury thinking that you did something improper, and you sure don't want your clients thinking that the outcome of their case was affected by your actual or perceived misconduct. Now, before we get to the substance of this episode and the case in question, keep in mind, as always, that these Lessons from the Front Lines episodes typically focus on court rulings, that have come out just in the last two or three days they are fresh off the presses and that means that there's probably been no time for a motion for reconsideration or an appeal or some other change in the ruling okay so in the case at hand out of the northern district of illinois and i've got the full case name and citation in the show notes one of the plaintiffs in a multi-plaintiff lawsuit against several drug manufacturers alleged to the court that an attorney for one of the drug companies had coached a pharmaceutical sales rep during the deposition to the point where the rep changed his testimony. Apparently, one of the questions asked of the defense witness related to whether the defendant drug company had used unmarked or unbranded materials from a different company to train its own sales rep. The question drew the following objection, which is one that the court took issue with. So here's what the defense counsel said that the court later called him out on. Quote, Well, I don't want, your question should not create the false impression for Mr. Casarino, and that was the witness, or the jury that the disease state awareness materials from endoderm were supplied by Solvay to Watson, and your question very much creates that inaccurate set of circumstances and facts, close quote. Okay, so not your traditional object to the form objection. Here, the judge agreed with the plaintiff that the company's attorney had improperly coached the sales rep. Uh, during the deposition itself the judge said quote this and other similar objections essentially told the witness how to respond and one may fairly infer paren and the court does infer close paren from the repeated making of similar objections that the company's counsel made the objections exactly for this reason this conduct frustrated the purpose of the deposition quote uh, even so the court went on to say that the sales rep eventually gave truthful answers during re-examination that followed the coaching. So what to do now? So the judge found that the coaching was intended to communicate to the witness the right answers, but even so, the witness eventually did give truthful responses in follow-up examination by the plaintiff. The judge here, in effect, says, there still has to be a consequence, seeming to say it was the thought that counted. About that, the judge said as follows, quote, Given the plaintiff's acknowledgment that he did eventually obtain a truthful answer despite the interference by the company's counsel, the court believes that the following is the appropriate way to deal with counsel's inappropriate conduct. If testimony is designated from the deposition that was given following an inappropriate speaking or suggestive objection by defense counsel, the court will allow the plaintiff to play for the jury the improper objections and the colloquy identified in the motion as the back and forth between the plaintiff's lawyer and the defense lawyer. This is the best way to explain the apparent shift in the witness's testimony. Although attorney objections and colloquy are not evidence, the court routinely instructs the jury to that effect and will do so in this situation as well." So to summarize. The court was confronted with speaking objections that the judge obviously believed were specifically crafted to signal to a witness in deposition what the right answer should be however it unfolded however the sales rep eventually gave truthful testimony so the alleged coaching objections at the end of the day were not effective in preventing the truth to come out even so the judge's ruling if it stands and if the witness's testimony is played at trial will allow the jury to hear the lengthy commentary by the company's lawyer and the objections and discussions about that lengthy commentary. Obviously, the message the jury may get from that is that the defendant is playing fast and loose because it may have something to hide. And as you can imagine, that can be poison in front of a jury. It takes very little to tip the balance in the heat of a jury trial. It can be poison to both the lawyer and to the client, who have to sit there in a courtroom in front of the jury and listen to the lawyer's hints to a witness how to answer and the opposing lawyer's objections that the hints are unfair or improper. So pretty awful stuff. If enough of those clips are played to a jury, it can obviously have an impact on how they decide the case. And you sure don't want your client thinking that your conduct as a lawyer, not the merits of the case, cost them the victory. So it's really a lesson for all of us about the things we say and do in the heat of a deposition. Judges have tremendous power to right wrongs, and if they think we're doing something, that has materially affected the testimony in an improper way, they have the ability to do something we probably didn't imagine. Now in this case, the judge cited Federal Rule 30D2, which says that a court can impose an appropriate sanction on conduct if the court finds that a person has impeded, delayed, or frustrated the fair examination of a deponent. And most state court rules contain the very same or very similar language. So keep that in mind and encourage your colleagues as well to be mindful that the audio or video from a deposition might not become a highlights reel, but instead a lowlights reel if a judge thinks their objections seemed chiefly intended to affect the testimony in a way that isn't proper. All right, that's a wrap for today. I hope you're having a great week. And as always, be sure to check out the book on which this podcast is based, 10,000 Depositions Later, The Premier Litigation Guide for superior deposition practice.